0: Welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at loss where I saw it. He hardly tried his best, for that won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test on West Indies won. With those little pals of mine...
1: Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies with David Oram, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. With me as usual to look at the week's major cricket news stories in the region and to discuss the hot topics in the tropics is Mr. Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings Reds, how are you?
0: Well, I I wish I could say that the weather is fine but between Barbados and St Lucia um, a fair amount of rain, it hasn't seemed to affect the cricket in Guyana or in Barbados, um, or a little bit of rain in the leeward, but some rain are wrong and we have had enough rain for a couple of months in the making.
1: Mm. Well, we'll come on to the, uh, uh, the regional four-day games that are going on, basically, as we speak this weekend, uh, and we'll look at the rain in Sri Lanka, Reds, um, the woeful one-day international series. What did, what did you make of that, West Indies' performance?
0: Well, um, one gets the impression, you listen to the talk shows, the quicker it is over, the better. <laughs> and then the worry about what's going to happen with Australia, um, what team will be selected, yeah. um, you know, what can they uh, do to improve the, the, the batting, if the bowling looks a little better, what's the situation with Simmons, uh, will he will be back in the coaching job, uh, those are, are the thoughts of the West Indians. Of course, we expect, we, we, we said this for the 50-over, mm-hmm. we expect it, it will be a better performance, um, the 50-over the team on the Darren Sammy. Um, but my experience with the Sri Lanka weather, having gone there in the first tour, that it is very iffy. Uh, you'll be a lucky, you'll be lucky to have a completed day without the, the weather playing A major role. So I think the focus now is worry time, worry time re summons, worry time. What would the team look like? How are we going to cope against this Australia team, which looks to just be oozing confidence on their home ground? Uh, People are, of course, taking in the four-day competition, which has begun on a promising note for some people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Staying with the 2020 matches for a moment, um, before the, the tour I, I had a chat with uh, my Sri Lankan correspondent Aruna amathanayagam He actually had West Indies down as favourites for the 2020 leg. I reminded him that Sri Lanka are the world champions in that format. He reminded me that they no longer have uh, uh, Jaya Wardner and, and, and Sangakara. But I think you're right Reds, they're going to be taking a lot of confidence into those games.
0: Yes, definitely. And I mean, uh, there's one little bright spark. Finally, we've seen Marlon Summers after being surprisingly given uh, the captaincy mm. uh, for a game that seemed to have um, generated uh, greater commitment, uh, greater judgment. And he's backed up that uh, with uh, 100 uh, in a losing cause. But uh, the, the rest of the batting looks uh, very ordinary. No no, except for one innings from from Johnson Charles, the yeah. the openers have not done all that well. I don't know if we can in fact do something using a pinch hitter at the top, mm. um, but uh, we just have to wait and see how um, the
1: 2020 team will, will, will operate. You uh, you talked about Marlon Samuel then. It was encouraging to see some semblance of return to form from him. Were you surprised that he was made captain though for that second game uh, ahead of other players?
0: Well, you know, sometimes boards can be very secretive. Some boards let you know well up front, uh, you know, who's the vice-captain. Some boards don't. Maybe this was a decision made prior um, to the tour or a decision made in-house in Sri Lanka. Um, but, uh, you know, one would have thought that their folder was unavailable, um, just judging on the previous um Leadership style of, of Samwell's, hmm. um in the CPR, for example, um, that they could have gone back to to, to run them.
1: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, no, that was and that was who I would have presumed. And um, Ramdin wasn't even playing. Did I miss something, Reds? Was he injured? Uh,
0: no information has come out. No information has come out, and um, you know, uh, you, you really don't want to make your own conclusions because you can end up being
1: wrong well absolutely it it did seem very strange and the inclusion of jason mohammed who is a fair player but personally i have felt ramdin's a better it it was it was all very very odd not least that samuels through a mistake by the icc was allowed to bowl in the game yes i think um the the, the rules of the
0: icc does allow in Ball until a further examination, which is upcoming soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of confusion around the the, the team generally. Well, we have got the 2020 games coming up. Um, as you say, hopefully uh, under Sammy, they'll they'll be able to bring home, well, achieve some wins for for the for the West Indies. They certainly could uh, do with the lift in the region at the moment. Reds.
0: Yes, this is uh, uh, you know maybe our best 2020 side. And they should go into that with a lot of confidence. I, I hope the rain, you know, don't, uh, you know, come again in Sri Lanka and make it a a very difficult um, proposition for all the players taking part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Moving on, the, the, the biggest news in the Caribbean this week is probably the, the report that's come out from Caricom's panel. But we're going to hold off on that just for the moment and look at the, uh, the, the first round of four-day games, which have had uh, uh, two, three days as we speak. We're speaking on the, on the Sunday. And, uh, well, Chandrika was uh, one that stood out for me. No first-class 100 before he played his first Test match, a pair on debut. But he, he now has run Reds.
0: Yes, 146, um, not a bad start eventually. um, It was quite an an attacking, an attacking inning, just looking by the number of boundaries he hit. And he he certainly held held the Guyana batting. Um, But, you know, when you look at the overall position that Guyana were at the end of the day, him 140 out, um, he didn't quite go on. And the, the Guyana innings folded. And the, the other highlight from that game, other than Ch- um, Chandrika, is the Schillingford 6-107. Hmm. Um, and would have probably gotten a little bit of turn on the Providence track. Uh, but that's, um, you know, encouraging for him. 6-107, uh, certainly uh, the other outstanding performer so far. The Barbados game, um, Jamaica versus Barbados, will profit as usual, um, cutting out a hundred in his own style. Uh, and uh, Edwards playing for Jamaica, um, seeming to be uh, on his way to a fairly good score. Hmm. Uh, that, to me, was the the two things that caught my eye.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we're two days into these these games, so it'd be too early for us to predict who's going to come out and triumph in these games. Um Staying with that Barbados-Jamaica game. Jamaica have got a new captain in a uh, young 23-year-old Palmer. Do you know much about him, Reds?
0: No, I don't know much about him. Um, and, uh, you know, it would have been helpful to him if he had begun maybe at Sabina Park. Yes. He would have been a feeling at home in his own conditions and uh, was quite happy to keep um, the, the, the Barbados score a, a reasonable amount under four hundred. But he himself, um, you know, didn't uh, produce too much with the bat, which is always a worry for a captain. Just to uh, pick up a little um, encouraging news, Lewis, 66, yeah. playing for Trinidad to be against the Leewards. that's encouraging. Ketwaru, keeper, yeah. 71, and Dino Ryan, um, the Guyanese all around there playing for the Red Force, uh, started with 55, so
1: those are some of the highlights c- 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 coming out of that game. Well, Trinidad uh, and Tobago need to get off to a, a decent start since they're going to be losing two or three players in a in a
0: couple of weeks or so. Uh, guys, prefer the golf... That, player? David, is a big discussion point this morning in, 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 in Trinidad. Uh, mm. Brian Davis um, saying, look, uh, these players uh, need to give early notice. Um, you know, it's, it's unfair to an national team for them Uh, To have contracts with the Trinidad Board or with the West Indies Board, and then all of a sudden uh, go off uh, elsewhere, Um, you know. People need to know um, so they can plan, and Mm. uh, maybe Goslogi
1: must (laughs) Goslogi must not sure whether he's going or coming. Yeah, no, it's something we've talked about before that we've expressed our sincere concerns that there's there's players skipping their own domestic season to go and play in somebody else's. Domestic season, it just, it just can't be right.
0: And that doesn't happen um, elsewhere, as far as I know.
1: No, no. Um, I can understand people going off to the riches of the uh, IPL. I don't always like it, uh, but can understand it. And it's a high-profile tournament. Uh, the Bangladesh Premier League isn't.
0: And when they go to the IPL, the ICC has created that window. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It it needs
1: resolving. One of many, many, many things that needs resolving in the Caribbean. And uh, as I said just now, that was the big thing this week. We had the release of uh, the CARICOM's uh, independent uh, review of governance in the West Indies. Uh, There's a great deal to be said about that. I think it might be that I would look to do an entire programme, a half hour chat on that sometime soon. But what were your initial reactions, Reds?
0: Well, it wasn't a rush job by no. the Caricom subcommittee. They seem to have um, done a lot of work over the last three months. Now, I haven't seen a list of people that they consulted. Yes, I, I hope that they consulted some senior journalists also, mm. the likes of Tony Kojo, the likes of of Tony Becker, for example, Fazir Mohammed, um, Simon Crosskill. I can go on.
1: Well, was um, was Reds Pereira consulted?
0: <laughs> My quick answer is, no, maybe they couldn't find me. But I, hope, <laughs> I hope they would have had a chance of finding the others. Mm. But um, it got great publicity. It was well handled. Good um, job for those who handle the media. Uh, a lot of information, uh, a lot of video information uh, that hit the television screens and hit the screens all over the, the world, I would think. Yeah. And... Uh, did indicate some participation of the West Indies board hierarchy. Um, Dwayne Gill, for example, yeah. is a member of the Windward's board. He was, of course, um, there as both Grenada uh, president and, of course, a member of the Windward's board. So that's encouraging. What we now wait to see is what would be the response. Uh, from the Western East Board. Now, already you've had um, Prime Minister Mitchell asking for an earlier meeting
1: um,
0: after President Cameron of the WICB had indicated that the next time they will meet, I think, is in the middle of December, December the 12th, if I remember. And he was saying, look, this is such an urgent matter. Um, We we, want to ask you if you can meet earlier. Um, so we can get uh, uh, an uh, interaction with us and, and, and your board. Um, I, I don't see any response where uh, an earlier meeting I, I, is scheduled. But I must say, you know, as, as players taking part in the four-day competition with, with contracts and bright hopes for the future being mm-hmm. uh, full-time in, in, in employment, um, even some of the younger players playing for the West Indies um, now, uh, the women, it must be a worrying point uh, for all th- those uh, players uh, about the future. Yeah. I mean, w- what the sponsors will be thinking about investing their money in 2016 and beyond on, on a long, long c- contract basis, yeah. you know. If we are going to get into a situation where this board will be dissolved and an interim board will be put in, um, that interim board, David, will also inherit um, the running of cricket. Uh, I'd like to see the resource list uh, for people who who may be involved in an interim board. And that interim board will inherit lock, stock, and barrel uh, the $42 million uh, from the Indian board and, and other outstanding issues of payment uh, to uh, players in general, keeping contractual um, uh, arrangements in place, uh, that interim board will have a um, you know an inherent great deal of work.
1: Yeah. no I I I, I have a, uh, a lot of reservations about this report, which I'm not going to go into in, in depth here um, when we're covering the the, the week 's news, but uh, you I totally agree with you about the uncertainty that the whole situation arises, and it does seem to me to be unrealistic to expect an interim board um, uh, and what would it to come in what would its remit be? Who would these people be? What are the responsibility to take to take on and equally, we also need at this time. Um, and I think Darren Ganga was talking quite eloquently on the Line and Length program this week about it. When equally the regional boards themselves do need a similar um, overhaul.
0: Yes, that's one of the questions I put to Trevor Phillip, the former um, Windwards director and former president of the St. Lucia Cricket Association. If the West and East board is dissolved, what about the individual boards um yeah. you know what role are, are they going to play what will happen with, with, with those boards um will um the member clubs uh, seek a new mandate um you know a, 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 among the the the, the winwards uh, affiliates will the member boards seek a new mandate um rearwards um yeah and that could uh, could could be you know a question you can put to Jamaica, Barbados, uh, Trinidad and Guyana. Yeah. Um, you know, what will happen? In terms of whom he runs in the future, I have no idea, um, <laughs> you know,
1: what is um, being be thought of, who is being thought of. Yeah. I, I, in the same interview, D- Darren Ganga talked about that they're trying to do these things with the regional board, but it was only last month that efforts were made to overhaul the Trinidad-Tobago board, which failed.
0: Yes, I think in principle, in principle, I think it's bad for uh, outgoing national body um, to be able to have x number of votes, um, you know, in, in in any upcoming elections. I mean, when uh, the year is finished and the um, the board is now non void, yeah, I, I believe that is only constituted clubs financial clubs, um, genuine clubs, should be, in fact, a, a voting. I, I do hold that position dearly, mm. but I, w- I will also say there's a little bit of politics uh, within um, Trinidad and Tobago cricket. I, th-
1: I think it's the suspicion that I certainly hold, and I'm not alone, is that there's a great deal of politics within the region in general in terms of cricket, and it's one of the ICC's edicts that politics does not involve itself with the running of national and regional cricket. Um, In its mere construct, this panel is CARICOM's panel. It is de facto politically linked.
0: Well, they're indicating that they will not have any members in this interim committee. Uh, The interim committee will be made up in a majority. Um, I mean, you could have some... Intellectual, um, sort of being earmarked for interim president. Yeah. But um, just one gathers that uh, the interim committee will uh, include uh, cricketing people. Mm. Um, there are still a, a lot of maybe people that we haven't thought quite thought about. But I would think that you can have a total revamp because someone like Roland Holder, for example, yeah, who is the ongoing. Um, cricket man in the West Indies Board. I mean, he's really in the injury room. I would think that Barry Thomas, uh, the treasurer, uh, those uh, two people I'll point out now, that uh, should be considered for any any interim board in the future.
1: Yeah. No, I, I do have, as I say, reservations. I also have suspicions. Perhaps I'm a, a little cynical, but the, the Caricom's uh, cricket review panel that put together this. Panel to do this report. Uh, it took two of the major figures on it are uh, Dr. Keith Mitchell and Dr. Ralph Gonzales, both of whom were rather personally affronted uh, by uh, the WICB and Dave Cameron over the uh, uh, the, the strike issue and the the, the supposed uh, non. Um, I'm trying to remember what the word was they use. Uh, non victimisation of the players, and when that appeared to be revoked and Bravo and Polar were left out of the World Cup. They both took it personally. I find it difficult to believe that everybody has managed to be above board and <clears throat> neutral on these issues. I do think there's a lot of personality involved behind the scenes.
0: Well, we just have to see um, at what point they will withdraw. Um, if they says, fine, we're happy with the process, the process is going on, um, we have done our work. We have now withdrawn as, as Prime Ministers, the subcommittee. Yeah. Uh, we have to wait and see how the process will take place. But the first real key question is how the Western East Board will respond. Will they agree um, to uh, give up their present role? We just have to wait and see, David. But it isn't going to maybe happen as quick as maybe uh, the prime ministers were hoping
1: do you think there's any chance that uh, the, the board will do that uh, reds uh, uh, are they going to be turkeys voting for christmas
0: at this uh, stage um i don't believe the the board is going to say a big yes mm. if they do um if they do um commit uh, to governance and change um it will probably have a few special clauses.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and no, we'll, 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 we'll watch and see. As I say, I have severe reservations, and the irony is that I do believe that the West Indies Cricket Board should be disbanded, but I am just have reservations about the probity of the process that has gone on this week. Let us go on, Reds, and uh, uh, two things we do want to look at before we uh, wrap up in five, ten minutes' time. Uh, one, the test matches this week, and then before the end, uh, your memories of Tom Graveney. <laughs> well, my memories of
0: Tom Gravine go back way back to 1954. Um, um, British Ghana was playing um, then the MCC, and uh, the Guyana, British Ghana team managed to get rid of Led Hutton. Mm. Um, c- caught in the covers by Glennon Gibbs off Hector for Naught. Uh, Ken Suttle, I think, went mm. quite early. Uh, Lance Gibbs uh, got Dennis Compton at 40, and then came a stand of over 400 by one Thomas William Grivney and one <laughs> Willie Watson. Yeah. And I think the, the British Guyanese public saw them bat for some two days. <laughs> um, so I, I have, I will always have a lasting impression. But uh, separate apart from that, uh, Tom Grivney was... Such an elegant player, almost an, an English player. He played as if he had Western, Western Indian blood in him. <laughs> he 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 was a stroke player, you know. Um, the Gloucester man who um, later went on to play for Worcester, who played for Queensland yeah. and uh, played for England. And did he play well against us? Yeah. Yet for some unknown reason, there were two tours that Brevney was not picked for. One of the incidents he had with the English Test and County Board is that on the rest day of a test match, he went off and I think played um, a, a Gillette Cup game for Gloucester. For and uh, he was dropped because of that. But he had an outstanding record against the West Indies. I mean... Mm. Hundreds galore. We just uh, at times couldn't get him out. And when he scored a hundred, David, he scored a very big hundred. An attractive, attractive English batsman. You think of the attractive ones, Dennis Compton. You you will think of of, of Gucci. You 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 will think of Graveni, um You will think of YR Dexter. He, he he was in that kind of, of very stylish and, and attractive player.
1: Yeah. no, he certainly had a. Uh an impact on, on West Indies uh, uh, supporters. I mean, the, the, the game you refer to in 1969 uh, that cost him his test base, it was actually the Sunday rest day, and it was uh, a game for his benefit season, and uh, which, had, which had been in, in the diary for months and months and months before the season, and he alerted the selectors, but they didn't like it when he went off and faced the first two balls of the match, and then withdrew, and was uh, suspended for three games. But I do know from uh, my time in the Caribbean, that uh, when people talked of Tom Graveney, it was in the highest regard. And as you say, he had a magnificent record uh, against the West Indies, particularly against Hall and Griffith.
0: Yes, um, he got runs against the best. He had a trying time on his first tour of Australia mm-hmm. um, when he ran into Linwall and Miller. Uh, and then, of course, you know he was not maybe not in the pecking order. I think the likes of, of May and Cowderick was seen um, as as players you know who, who were better than him and that England should invest in. But I think eventually um, yeah, he, he came through with, 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 with flying colours. I mean, uh, people will come through the stir, turnstiles to watch a Tom Draveni. Yeah. I don't know how many will rush in to, to watch a colour in Cowdery. Uh, Peter May had, had his own class. I mean, to me, he, he, he was ahead of Cowdery.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting as as somebody who's wasn't I'm not quite old enough to have seen any of those three batsmen you've just named there, uh, May, Cowdrey, and Graveney play in terms of elegance in in terms of the, the the
0: beauty of watching them play.
1: You'd have Graveney at the top of those three.
0: Yes, um, he was different from Peter May. P- Peter May um, was a, a very elegant, um, more of the Greg Chapel style. I mean, his ability to undrive. Um, stays in my mind. I mm. uh, didn't have the best of health and maybe his career uh, you know was was in fact cut short. Yeah. Um, Cowdry was a good technical player um, but um, not uh, all that free scoring mm. um, he will bat for a, a, a very long time a, a very long time but um certainly I, I will have gravedy ahead of May and Cory maybe. Middle or Lampiname.
1: Mm, very interesting. No, that's, that's, that's lovely. Thank you for that. Um, last couple of minutes, uh, what were your impressions of uh, uh, the Test cricket this, this week, Red? Uh, did you manage to have uh, two, three televisions on at once? <laughs> yes. Um, it's
0: you know, You're switching uh, between India and South Africa. What a disappointing performance by South Africa. I don't mm. believe uh, we need to go too much of that. I mean, everybody <laughs> has read that. Um, South Africa will have to deal with the Indian spin. Mm. But certainly, that uh, Kane Wilson 100, it was a, a class knock yeah. uh, against good bowling. Um, you know, Australia really on top. And, um, you know, he has demonstrated that he's not just going to make runs in New Zealand, he's going to make runs any part of the world against any attack. Yeah. Uh, brilliant performance. Um, and. Uh, the Australian, well, Joe Burns and and Warner, they seem uh, to be in the, in the best form of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so all is going well um, from the Australian point of view. And as you, you as you see them operate, you think of our upcoming matches in Australia towards the end of the year. I mean, uh. you know who who who, who who's going to bite the bullet? Who's going to bell the cat? You know who's going to stay around? Um, for very very long, who's going to get that hundred and a few partnerships built along the way? Uh,
1: I, I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, Reds. When it comes to the, the tour of Australia by the West Indies, I fear the worst. I fear humiliation.
0: Well, I think we really need to get a top order batting coach. Uh, I don't believe that Stuart Williams and company, um, you know, have the ability to, to turn men around, especially these young young men we are invested in. And I would like to see a outstanding uh, player maybe be given the job, even if it's for the Australian tour uh, to work f- f- with the players. I also feel uh, that a feeling coaches is, is vital in terms of Australia. Just judging by the very poor fitness level that seemed to be evident in our catching
1: and feeling in uh, Sri, 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 Sri Lanka. Yeah, uh, it, it just occurred to me as well when you mentioned the the, the coaches. Um, this week we've we've, we've had the well-publicised first match of the Shane Warne, Sachin Tendorker, um Jamboree Circus uh, 2020 game. But, but my question to you is: Curtly Ambrose and Courtney Walsh both played in the first game that was uh, yesterday. This is at a time when West Indies bowling coach Ambrose. Uh, West Indies are on tour in Sri Lanka at the moment, and Walsh, one of West Indies' selectors, who possibly could be in Sri Lanka with that side, or possibly back in the Caribbean, watching people he ought to be thinking about selecting for the four, uh, from the four-day tournament for the Tour of Australia. Um, are they really in the right place in the world at this time, Reds?
0: Well, Courtney Walsh was recently here uh, as a selector in St Lucia watching the women uh, when they played Pakistan. Then I know you went on to Grenada for the 2020 matches there. Mm. Um, I take the point, it's a fair point you're making. Um, whether he said yes a long time ago um, to this um, exhibition matches in, in the US, I really don't know and I wouldn't want uh, to comment. Yeah. Um, but I would think that it probably would be a better idea And it's easy for me to say um, that he should be watching maybe some of the young fast bowlers. Um, Ambrose, uh, again, um, uh, did he get permission from the Western East board to go off to America, leaving Sri Lanka? Um, Difficult uh, to say too much, David, when you you, you don't have the, the information.
1: No, absolutely, Uh, but it it wasn't really my observation. That's uh, credited to a a good friend of mine who's a Trinidadian uh, sports journalist who pointed that out to me and uh, just asking the question, is there a whiff of hypocrisy here when uh, we're expecting certain standards of whether it's the Trinidad and Tobago players not going off to play in the Bangladesh Premier League or people like uh, Chris Gale and and so on playing in in other games when there's test matches going on. um, If... The older generation in the Caribbean, and in this case, a selector and the bowling coach are holding the younger players to higher standards. Shouldn't they be observing them, them themselves? But as you quite rightly say, we don't know all the details. But I just think it's worth making comment upon.
0: If I can just comment on the game which I watched, um, I, I don't think that Sangakara should have been, you know, <laughs> included. I mean, he, he is too young a player yeah. uh, among some very, um, you know, um, former great players um, who, who has oh, just left the game. I, I, I really think that, you know, he, he should not be there. And one can also say that to the former Australian captain, Ricky Punted, Um yeah. whether it was part of the planning um, to show off as many great names as possible. Uh, but it seemed to have gone fairly well. Yeah. 14,000, 15,000, we'll see how it builds up and we'll see um, how it's going to really globalize cricket in um, North America. But basically, you didn't see a lot of American kids there. You saw a lot of kids, mainly, I think, from the Commonwealth, from Pakistan, from India, from Sri Lanka, elsewhere. Um, We just have to wait and see how... This whole experiment work, but um, they had global television coverage, and I, I would think they would would be very very happy with how, how things have started.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, we don't really get global television coverage, uh, but we do get covered in uh, in America and, and elsewhere. We have people that, that pick up the podcast, and I like you. I know you always like to thank them for uh, for listening.
0: Yes, um, I'd like to thank you know, our friends in Grenada, our friends here in St. Lucia, um, our friends um, in, 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 in the Windwards and the Leewards, because we, we do have people picking up the podcast, and of course uh, we are on the the USA site, yep. and all our friends in America and in Canada, and uh, all over the the, the Caribbean and maybe all over the world, and just talking about coverage, very little coverage of the four-day competition. Um, I think right now the only confirmed coverage is the coverage between um, the Windwards and Guyana. They are getting ball-by-ball coverage. Yes, sir. I can't say that uh, there is coverage anywhere else um, because I can't pick it up and I have no indication uh, that, that there is ball-by-ball. I certainly, like to apologise, but good to read at least that the game at Providence is, is being uh, covered, and that follows the excellent work done here in St Lucia when Pakistan
1: played in the West Indies. There was TV and radio coverage. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is uh, there is of course the West Indies Cricket Board's uh, website where uh, you can exactly pick, pick up the streaming of the games and the fixed camera, which for somebody like myself despite the the, the big nine-hour time difference between my region and theirs, uh, it's still good to be able to see uh, some of the games live in that manner.
0: And at least you know, um, basically, what is the score, and you have so, so, some
1: information which is useful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'd like to thank you, Reds, uh, for thanking uh, many of our listeners, uh, and I'd like to thank you, too, for joining me. This has been the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast. And I hope you can join uh, Reds and myself again next time. Goodbye.